Blog Talk Radio. Basic respect humanity. I'm just trying to be for real in a 
world with less of this. I'm so frustrated and flustered at what has been written to justice. It is the moral cause of sin. It, it, it is according to the sinner. I'm your host, Thomas Berry. Welcome to Rant Radio. We're, we're broadcasting from the car today, so it's a little bit late, a little bit behind. I do have Brother Antonio Muhammad, who will be with us, talking to us about the minister's message. Brother Antonio, are you on? Antonio Muhammad? Let's see here. Get that brother in. Brother Levon. I'm here, brother. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you now, brother. Hey, how what's going on, brother? Oh, brother's doing wonderful. Just out here in the streets campaigning with the brothers, man. All right, all right. Well, look, my brother, I brought you on today for you to tell the public about the minister's message on Sunday. Let us know what the get down is, and I have a few other questions about politics and some other stuff. So let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us what the message, what the minister want all of us to know? First of all, dear brother, I want to thank you for bringing me on the show. You know, anytime I get a chance to uh, chime in with you, it's definitely an honor, and I appreciate that. I think you're uh, doing a wonderful job trying to spread the word to our people out here in the community, and uh, just you know, keep up the good work, now, brother. Man, you're doing it, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Now, uh, to go into the show, uh, as far as what's taking place this Sunday, this Sunday at 10 o'clock Central Time, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan will be speaking to the world. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a webcast in 160 cities throughout the United States, and it's catered towards this election that's coming up. Uh, this message will be broadcasted eight days before the election. And the minister has asked us to do all in our power to get all of our people, whether you in a church, a mosque, or organization, a street organization, regardless what your political persuasion, your religious persuasion, pan-Africanism, nationalist, if you're one of us, he wanted you to chime in on this message this Sunday. And the subject matter would be, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So that's what he will be speaking mm. on this Sunday. All right. And are we talking about? Are we? Are we thinking that this is about the two candidates themselves? Themselves? Well, yes. <laughs> But you know, Satan, 
you know, people's perception of Satan, you know, is this one individual under the ground with a pitchfork and, you know, kind of fairy tale type stuff, man. And uh, right. those of us who are Christians or who read the Bible, we know that there's a thing in the Bible that that day will not come unless there is a falling away first and a man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the scriptures don't define Satan as some mystical character under the ground. It defines Satan as a man on top of the ground. But Satan is not one individual. It's more like a mindset. Anybody that carries out that agenda and lives that life and exercises that type of power in the world. So, yes, both candidates, if you look at their history, that's exactly what we're seeing. Y'all better not touch your mother's computer. That's what's up, man. I mean, you know, that's 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 definitely uh important and crucial to think about, especially when you think about how uh this candidate how this race has played out. I felt that both parties have pretty much laid down for these uh two uh wicked individuals to allow them to become uh front runners, if you will. And you know, to me, I think a vote is a vouch. And I always say I can't vouch for somebody who I know is wrong. I'm not going to do the two, you know, the the lesser two evils. When I hear people talk like that, I think they come from a place of weakness. Sometimes silence or abstaining is strong. You know, it's good to abstain sometimes. To not actually participate in certain things and not vouch for certain people. Not telling folks not to vote, vote. I'm saying vote in your local election. Control the things you can control. But also remember that this is a republic. They tell you they scream democracy all they want to when it's time for this presidential election every year, uh, every four years. And what I'm always thinking about, brother, is, well, the uh, electoral college is picking who the president is anyway. Al Gore has proven that. So don't tell me, brother, don't tell me, sister, that I'm, oh, if I don't vote for Hillary, I'm voting for Trump. No, I'm not vouching for neither one of them. And if they end in a tie, that's good with me. Yes, sir. Well, you know, the minister, um, on October 16th, down in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Fox Theater, the minister spoke for the anniversary of the Million Man March in Atlanta. And during that event, And during that address, and I encourage everybody to watch it, one of the most timely, powerful messages the minister has ever delivered, you can go back and review that message at www.noy.org. I encourage everybody to see that message because it's a precursor, really, for what he's going to be saying this Sunday. But during that address, the minister was speaking about how Congress asked when it's time to vote. Anytime there's a bill or a law being passed in Congress, they have three options. One is yay, one is nay, and one is absentia. And regardless which one you do, it reflects your view, it reflects your consciousness. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, um, you know, my grandparents was in the 60s, you know, they fought for our right to vote. 
and that and you know yeah it fought for your right to vote which we still are fighting for really but just because you're fighting for the right to make a choice does not mean that you should make an unqualified or a choice out of ignorance right whatever choice we make doesn't push our agenda for all of these years you never hear any presidential candidate speaking for the poor not Democrat nor Republican. None of them speak for the That's right. They always speak for the rich, and they always speak for the middle class. And in our ignorance, when they say middle class, we think they're referring to us. But we really don't mm. research what these categories mean. Most of us, 90-something percent of us, do not meet the income bracket that qualifies us to be what's called middle class Americans. So who are they really speaking for? And that's why we right. the ministers calls them Satan because it's that deception. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, Satan deceived the whole world. The whole world. Now, if that means the whole world, does that include the church? Does that include the mosque? Does that include Congress? Does that include the senators? Does that include the state representatives, the mayors, the governors, all of their constituents, the common person on the street that's getting registered to vote or is not registered to vote? If the book says the whole world, the whole world means the whole world. And again, he has to be exposed. He has to be brought to the forefront. He has to be called out of his hiding place. And the only human being on the planet right now that's qualified and fearless enough and has the power to back him to even make such a call is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You know, some of us get it twisted, man, and want to, and no disrespect to any of our black leaders. They do what they do. I honor and respect any black person or any white person or red or brown or yellow who's doing some good for our people. But none are qualified to call Satan out of his hiding place and to challenge Satan's government and world and guide us into over bringing that government to its knees with the help of Almighty God, but Minister Farrakhan. He is the boldest, he's the most courageous, he's the most fearless, and the freest black man on the planet. The people can say what they want about whoever, and that's fine. I love all my people. All our leaders is out here doing some good. But ain't none challenging this enemy like the minister is. So I encourage everybody right. to hear this message this Sunday. No, most definitely dope. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out myself. Um, I feel like I'm feeling like, man, if our people don't understand after the eight years of Obama and not receiving anything, well, let me let me slow down because they, I guess, hope now is in the uh, is in the. Uh, in the victory basket now. You get hope. Inspiration. That's, that's counted as a... It ain't counted as a paycheck, but it's counted as something. Anyway. Yes, sir. It's not counted as good health, but it's counted for something. It ain't counted for wealth or generational wealth, but I guess hope means something now. You know, you can go to the bank and say, you know, my house is foreclosing, but I got all this hope because President Obama is the president. And they supposed to help you get out of foreclosure. With that being said, brother, 
I want to ask you. I, I want to ask you, and I, and I know the minister's probably touched on it. How I mean, how is the minister looking at? And I know you can't speak all the way for the minister, but I know he's talked about it. Like I said, how does how do you think he's looking at the past eight years of this presidency and, and what we got? No, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said it this uh, during his address for the anniversary of the Million Man March back on the 16th. One thing that he said was, we're all aware that, as you mentioned, the Electoral College, you know, we cast our vote to elect someone, but we're well aware that he was selected for the job. Now, we all voted, and that's fine, but President Obama was selected to do what he was doing, to fit the interests of those who are really in power, who are pulling the puppet string. The one thing that we can say that has happened of good from Obama becoming the first black president is that the good that has come out of it is it has opened the eyes of our youth and broaden our horizons to think beyond being a basketball player when I grow up or I'm going to join the NFL or I'm going to be a baseball player, I'm going to be a boxer, I'm going to be a hip-hop artist. It expanded our horizons to know that we could actually rule beyond our, our brothers and sisters who are teaching the youth in the community about our history of our, our ancient ancestors like Master Musa and uh, Imhotep and all of the other black leaders that we've had from Africa or, or Haiti, right. you know, when, when we ruled the world, right? In a, in a right. modern day sense, they can visualize it now, what it looks like to be in a position of power, even though that position of power is a farce. Because every move that he makes, there's a counter move made to counteract the good that he did try to do. Right. And of course, him being a black president, he's really a black man in a white house governing white mm. people's affairs because he could never address our concerns, our issues. So to say he was a black president, I, I beg to differ. You know, the minister. Mm. You know, the way that he presents that piece, man, is so cold because, you know, and I, I, I really don't think we should have had that expectation anyway. Right. Some of us thought, you know, black and white people, that we entered a post-racial America when a black man became president in the White House. Right. As, as Michelle Obama said, I'm in a house that slaves built. Right. <coughs> Right. But when you really look at it, what has he done for us? You know, when he speaks to the Congressional Black Caucus or or the NAACP, he's very firm and very direct and very strong, but he doesn't speak like that to uh, the other communities that's out here. Mm-hmm. When he comes at us, he comes at us very, real hard. But he capitulates to these other communities. Very cautious when he talks to him, brother. Very cautious. Very cautious. Uh, very uh, calculated in his words. But with us, you're right. He, he's very pointed. Um, and in, in, in a lot of regards, in my opinion, he's spoken a lot of Republican jargon to us. We just haven't caught on to it. 
You know, right. when when, I, when the first first time I heard him say that he was a um, when he said that Ronald Reagan was one of his heroes, I said, "Why?" First time I've ever heard a black man who had who who we thought had some common sense say Ronald Reagan was a hero. Right. Because uh, anyone who lived during the Reagan era know that uh, what they said on Boondocks, Ronald w- Wilson Reagan is a devil. <laughs> yes, That's sir. the truth. That's Absolutely. the truth. So uh, I'm looking forward uh, to the minister dropping his message. I'm thinking that our people, if you're listening, Rand Radio uh, fan, you need to tune in. I don't give a dang if the game is on. Devo that Joker. Get the information. Right. Feed right. your mind. Because here's the thing I watch football. All season long, my bills are still waiting after the game goes off. That's right. That's no lie. When the game is off, my problems of the world still exist. It's just That's a right. distraction. And when you're trying to get yourself out of a hole, the last thing you need is a distraction. You need right. focus. And I'm not saying you don't need the game, but you need to focus. So even if you're participating in the distraction, at least you know. Man, look, when this is over, I still got to grind, so let me grind while I'm watching. That's right. And if I miss that big, if I, hey, if I miss the big catch, the big hit, or the big run, man, that's what sports center's for. I'll be all right. So I hope everyone who's out here listening um, tunes in um, to the uh, minister's message. Go back and look at some of the previous speeches. Listen to what he's saying about these two. Because, Brother Antonio, as you know, not too long ago, those two were um, golfing buddies, Bill and uh, Donald and Hillary and the uh, the male order bride, whatever her name is. They were all buddies. So I don't want to hear this thing about they don't like each other. Man, this is a WWE match. To be honest with you, it was more disrespectful between Mitt Romney, President Obama, John McCain, President Obama, than his race has ever been. All he's called it was crooked Hillary. Right. Go back and puff uh, Barack the Magic Negro. Go back and listen to some of these things these folks are saying about this brother. Right. So... Uh, if you're on this, and, and, and I gotta say this before the show, before you know the the show is, if you on this sister kick with white women sisters, I pray for you. White woman ain't worried about y'all in no capacity, and none. They're not. They don't. That, that's not how they function. That's not how they operate. Do they? they do they might have some black friends? They may have. They're probably not treating them well, so I don't know how you call them friends. Right. Are they are they helping you uh, build any kind of wealth or getting you any information? Most of the time, they're siphoning from you. Right. So this idea that we got that Hillary sisters is gonna look out for all of y'all, you you about daydreaming as much as we were when Barack got in. When she gets in, she's gonna push the same agenda that he was pushing, and that's the agenda of white supremacy. That's not gonna change. So don't come to me talking this woman jazz when it's the same white supremacy stuff anyway. Margaret Thatcher was a was a white woman. And on that note, dear brother, 
One thing the minister also said on the 16th, he reminded the world of who went into Libya and killed Muammar Gaddafi. Mm. And the reason I bring that up is this. And this is for all of my brothers and sisters who are heavy into politics, but is also heavy into Afrocentricity. Our, all of our Pan-Africanist family, our, our nationalist family, who are, who are weighing heavy in on this vote. Muammar Gaddafi, the president of Libya, was the one voice in Africa that worked tirelessly and put millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into building the infrastructure of Africa, uniting Africa, helping Africa with communications, with medicine, uh, with water. He's done more for Africa than most leaders have in the past 100 years. More Makadasi. And here it is. This is the one person who is responsible for dismantling Libya through when she, as in her office as Secretary of State, went in there right. and did all that damage. The whole Arab mm-hmm. Spring with all of those revolutions that went throughout the Middle East was on her watch. So mm-hmm. look at what her husband did with us in the black community. Mm-hmm. Look at what they did down in Haiti. How many people know about the telecommunications deal that they made in Haiti? How many people know about uh, the real reason why there's 10,000 troops in Port-au-Prince to get the oil instead of giving the people the resources they need? There's a laundry list of things that the minister has mentioned that has come out in the in the uh, media, uh, or Alice Jones has talked about some of these things, and I don't know what all the minister's going to get into, and I'm not going to go ahead of him, but one thing I will say is this. When we look in the scriptures, whether you're Muslim or Christian, or any historian, we've had a lot of right. great people, we've had a lot of great people who did a great work among us and we got involved in a lot of folly and didn't heed the message and we ended up suffering later. It happened with the people of Noah. They made mockery of Noah and they ended up getting drowned. Right. Jesus Jesus said, I pipe but you have not danced. There was people that Jesus was teaching, and they made a mockery of Jesus. (coughs) You look at all of our black leaders, bring it up to modern times. Many of us walk around or or got in our houses uh, pictures of Malcolm X on the wall or Martin Luther King on the wall or we'll rock a T-shirt or a hat with their image on it or we'll say by any means necessary or I have a dream, but those of us who are rocking that paraphernalia or those pictures, we're not living the life that they live, we're not giving the message that they talk, and we're not demonstrating the way they demonstrate, so it's really a hypocrisy. Now, some of us got love for the minister, but we treat him like he's song and dance. I want to ask everybody the question, if you had one more time to listen to Martin Luther King before he passed, what would you do? If you had one more time to listen to Malcolm X before he passed, what would you do? Or Kwame Ture, or Marcus Garvey, 
or Noah Duali or Bob Robeson, any of our great leaders, anybody that we've looked up to who is dead and gone, who's done a great work in our community, if you have one more time to listen to them, <clears throat> see, some of us have the concept of flowers while you live. You see? Minister Farrakhan yeah. is 83 years old. 83 years old. He has been working on our behalf for over 61 years. He's traveled six out of seven continents helping our people out. He's visited over right. 100 countries helping our people out. He's taught generations of our people. And you would not have conscious hip-hop if it wasn't for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Because every single conscious rapper out of New York City and the West Coast and the Dirty South, they all give love, respect, and pay homage to the minister. And you can't find one MC that's out there today that is of any consequence. Anybody who has any influence in hip-hop who don't look to the minister for guidance. You name mm. them, I can run the list down. All of them look right. to him for guidance. And he hasn't asked them for nothing. He's that's not real. the man that does something for you and asks for money to come behind it. You wouldn't believe how many people he quietly has, uh, just like, for example, when we was down there in Atlanta for the anniversary of the Million Man March, there was a brother getting evicted from his home. The minister blocked the home for the brother. But he ain't talking about that. You don't know how many, all of these uh, deaths in Chicago, how many funerals he's paid for because the families couldn't afford it. Mm. You don't know how he bailed out the NAACP back in the 90s when he had the entire nation of Islam do a membership drive for the NAACP to help save that organization. He making himself a lifetime member. Well, you don't know about mm. how he helped save the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King when the Southern Christian uh, Leadership Conference was uh, going bankrupt. The mm. president, Charles Steele, came to the minister and asked the minister for help. The minister wrote that man a check. And he said, you go back to your city and you start fundraising. The brother said, brother minister, I've been fundraising for the last year or two. I haven't been able to raise the funds. He said, brother, I'm asking God to bless you. Now, you go back and you raise money to save that uh, organization after writing him a check for several thousand dollars. When Charles Steele got back to Georgia, his own staff didn't even want to cash the check. He took the check to the bank himself to save Martin Luther King's legacy, and he went out and started raising funds, like the minister said, ended up raising over $3 million. Mm. When before he met with the minister, he couldn't raise no money. I'm trying to tell black America who this man is. So, you know, treat him like he's a song and dance if you want to. But this is a man who is the voice of God, who is backed by God, and you see and feel the power that represents the minister. After all of the hundreds of attempts they've made to kill this man, he's still here. Mm. But he's going to be here forever. He's really the last man standing. So we can't treat him like song and dance. Treat him like that situation where, I mean, how many of us knew the day that Malcolm was going to be assassinated or King was going to be assassinated? He is our last great one. Ain't nobody else great in, in the capacity like the minister is. So we got to quit playing with this, man. We're in a very critical, crucial, and serious time. America is at the tipping point. 
and the only voice we got left that is courageous enough to speak power to this enemy right to their grill is Minister Farrakhan. Now, we got other leaders that's out here teaching our people and trying to help our people out, which is great, and I love them, but the only one that's taking the fight to the enemy is Farrakhan. So I'm saying, family, yeah. y'all got to give it up, man, and pay homage to and give honor where it is due. The man ain't asking for your money. He ain't asking you to sell your house. He's just asking you for the listen. And if you can't sacrifice a football game to hear this, the yeah. voice of God speak to you, if you can't make that sacrifice, then whatever your future will be, you wrote your own legacy. Remember that. Right. But you will see everything the minister says. So I encourage us all to get it in advance so that we can be prepared for what's coming. Uh, man, that's what's up, man. I, hey, I just want to say this. This is why I brought this brother on. I'm at my son's football game now. I haven't even stepped out of my car because I felt like it was, you know, we had to have him on. We had to, we have to pay homage, man. You got to always pay homage to your elders uh, who's out here trying to grind it and get it for you. And the one thing I always tell our people is this. You don't have to agree 100% with anything anybody says. But when somebody's out fighting for you and grinding for you, you better show some damn love. Because the biggest thing for me, what I what I feel like with our people is, we haven't learned how to show appreciation and show affection for those who appreciate us. Right. And that's why a lot of the things that our people need always fall short. Because we'll, we'll go out, we'll be fighting each other over Hillary, and Trump or anybody else. But when it's time to come together for the minister or any of our other leaders, we'll sit back and watch their plans, the ideas of the person themselves fall to the wayside and say, huh, it was never going to work. Well, damn it, come on, if now. you worked as hard as you did for these other folks, it would work. And if right. you were dedicated to your own, like you're dedicated to others, you would have more. That's why other groups, they dedicate themselves. The Latinos are dedicated to the Latino leaders. They're not going to sabotage them. They're not going to do any of those things. But, brother, I want to give you the last word because we got to end the show. And I want to thank, before you do that, I want to thank Brother Levon because Brother helped engineer the show, which I wouldn't be able to do because I don't have the Internet access while I'm out in, believe it or not, Coon Rapids. Now, who the hell in the name of town Coon Rapids? Well, go ahead, brother. <laughs> well, dear brothers, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity. And I want to thank everybody that took a moment of your time out of your life with all that we have going on to, to just listen in for a moment. Don't think that uh, your time is taken for granted. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, whether you agree with me or not. I just thank you for sharing your lifetime with me and giving me your ear. And the only last thing I want to say there, brother, is this. Because uh, you always have those out there where then he has something to do with the death of Malcolm X. I want to address that real quick. As the minister addressed okay. it on October 16th. Who out of all black leaders in America does this government fear the most? Let's just keep it 100 real quick. Right. Right now, 2016. 
Who does the U.S. government want to see dead amongst our black leaders? Who does he want silenced? Who does he want our people to turn against? It's the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And if they have such a hatred for that man the way that they do, and with all the attempts that they've made to bring him into some court of law or or to, to kill him, and they have not been successful yet, don't you know that if he did kill Malcolm or have something to do with his death, don't you know he would have been behind bars already? You really think they want Farrakhan running around America doing what he's doing, saying what he's saying, raising up the lies that he's raising up? Now, there's a whole bunch of other things I could go into that we don't have time for. But I'm just appealing to your common sense. And maybe in a later broadcast there, brother, we can go into the actual facts about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of details, and they play on our ignorance. They will rather Mm. give you a dead man to look up to when you have a living legend in your midst that will guide you and lead you to victory. A dead man can't do nothing for you. The most you can do with a dead man is study the words that they gave us and do your best to live up to their example. But since all of us are evolving creatures and God has control over all circumstances, you must ask yourself the question, why did God permit Farrakhan to be the last man standing, to be our example? Why is he the one that has made it to 83 years of age? And unfortunately... Our big brothers that we love to death, Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, only made it to 39 years old. Mm. Or our, our dear beloved brother, Muhammad Ali, who just passed recently. You know, you look at all of our leaders, man. I mean, this really, this is a common sense question, man. Common sense question. Do the U.S. government love Farsha? Do those who are in power in this world, do they love Farrakhan? Have they done all in their power to stop him? There's one more thing they haven't tried yet and it's on its way. But even when they attempt that, they will fail. Because like Nas said, you couldn't stop Farrakhan. Mm. Mm. There's no power on this planet with the exception of Almighty God that can stop Farrakhan. And they've done all just about every trick in a uh, they bag of tricks. They've just about tried everything. So you got to reexamine and reevaluate who this man is that's going to be speaking this Sunday. They killed our brother Kwame Ture. They killed many of our leaders. This is the last man standing. So I just encourage everybody to give him your attention just for a couple of hours. There's 168 hours in a week. Can you give this man two of those 168 hours? And how That's many times have you been asked that? You know what I'm saying? That's so, real. Thank you for your time, family. Really appreciate it. Hey, ain't no problem. And, and let me just say this because I was I told my fans and I'm still I, I told my fans that I'll be on week every week. Uh, I have taken on the task of being on the board of a charter school in North Minneapolis. 
I think that this school is a very productive and a godsend for our people in Minneapolis. African Senate School that ran into some financial issues, but all this week I've been teaming up with some beautiful sisters who have uh, showed me that, you know, the black woman is very close to God with the miracles that they have been working That's right. at this school to get it out of the financial constraints that it was in. I think if you have a kindergarten that's between kindergarten or first grader and you live in North Minneapolis, I recommend you come look at this school at the YMCA. Your child will learn how to swim, something that many of our children do not know how to do. Uh, capoeira, drumming, uh, uh, tumbling. They have all these things, and they have an all-black teaching staff, three black teachers, as well as a humble and hardworking board that is trying to make sure that Sankofa Academy is not only going back for what we found, but bringing it forth with our youth. Our curriculum is tailored strictly around the African experience as as well as the African-American experience because it's a different experience for us. Now, if you have any if you have time, come down to the school, take a look, register your kids, because just like what brother was saying about the minister, if we don't support this school, don't get upset, go crying to the white folks talking about, well, it ain't no good school. You have a chance to move now. You have a chance to have your people educate your children. Researchers said African-American children are leading their white counterparts up until the time they're in a kindergarten, which is the first time they encounter white teachers. Then their performance starts dropping. If you want your children to maximize their effort, this is the school that gets them on the start. Sun Academy, better known as Sankofa Underground North Academy, right there on Broadway at the YMCA, Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 2.30. And even after that, your child is able to go to the Y for free after school till 5. So with that being said, I would like for you, if you can hear this message, to tell a friend if you don't have a child that age. Tell a relative if you don't have a child that age. Get them into this school. Get them acclimated to this culture. So they can be upright citizens, not the kind that's buck dancing and milk toast and boot licking. But I'm talking about a stand-up black girl, stand-up black boy that will grow into a black man and a black woman to help build our community back. We are asking the community to come on board. Brother Antonio, you're welcome to come to our board meeting. We want all input, whether your child goes to the school or not. This is really a community school. This is for the community. But if the community lets it die, I'm going to remind everyone who tells me NFL, it must stand for not for long. Come on, now. Because I see this time and time again. Anytime somebody black comes with an effort, look, sister started the school. I'm, I know where we're going to get. Oh, sister started the school. They took it from her. We didn't take it from the sister. We actually saved the school for the community. And I'm willing to talk to anyone who has any questions about that. I don't want to go too deep on it on the radio, but any of my family and friends and anyone in the community, if you see me out, you want to know the explanation, I'll explain it to you because we are doing what we got to do for our children. 
We thank Sister for her vision. We thank her for her leadership. And we are going to take it from here because we want this school to survive. And it was on its deathbed, but now it's off life support. <laughs> All within a week. So with that being said, that's Rat Radio for this week. Brother Antonio, thank you for coming on. Brother Levon, thank you for being our engineer. Listeners, thank you for listening. Tell a mother, tell a friend. Next week we will be ranting again. Peace. That's right. Peace.